Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, what's up? This is JK. Welcome to the Big Three Fan Podcast. I'm here with my co host, Ace Hitman. What up, everybody? Here to talk all things Big Three and Big Three related. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Territory. Taste more of life. Great tasting, great for you food, made for folks who eat, move, and live intentionally. We work with the best local chefs who craft each meal in their own restaurants and deliver them fresh and ready to eat at your convenience. Check us out at territoryfoods.com. So what are we going to cover today? Lots of good stuff to talk about. Um, course, as always, games from this weekend. Stats, finally, we got some, uh, some season stats. Uh, is there some shady trade business going on as the teams are ramping up for the playoffs? And uh, Kendall Gill in the house, uh, if anybody uh, noticed, uh, he, he showed up and played a little bit this week, which is cool. We're going to talk about that. And then also, who's got next in the big three? A little throwback to a topic we introduced, I think it was episode two, and the USA Today uh, posed uh, the same question. So we want to revisit that a little bit. Uh, you ready to get into this? Yeah, let's talk about it. All right, let's do it. So first, games from this weekend. Three weeks left in the regular season, flown by. Uh, we got um, games from this past week in Chicago, so Chi-Town. Sold out. We were talking about you know, whether or not the, the, the crowds were starting to wane a little bit, but straight up sold out in Chi-Town, so that's good. Big basketball town, of course. And uh, a lot of interesting games. Some separation, I think, we're seeing across the league. I think definitely some separation. Interesting uh, this week, it was basically the the three teams vying for probably the number one spot in the league against uh, three teams vying for the basement of the league. Uh, So you had three really big blowout games. And then the the last game was probably the teams that I thought were close to the fighting for the number four spot. Uh, turned out that the current number four won that game, but it was much closer. In fact, it was a come-from-behind victory for them. And um, I'm sure we'll get into it when we talk to, to each game separately, so I'll save that. There you go. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a, an interesting week uh, separating the men from the boys. So first off, uh, Power right uh, over the Ball Hogs, 51-34. to 34. Uh, power coming in there again with Coutinho Mobley, though I thought a, a little more clean shave in this game. Did you notice that? Well, either that or he's putting some beard darkener in because he's probably sick of us making fun of how uh, <laughs> how graybeard he is. Yeah, he had a little something extra there, didn't he? So yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but it didn't didn't diminish his uh, his points power. I had twenty one points on ten for uh, fifteen shooting. So. Um, you know, just solid all-around play for for Mobley the whole season, um, and and did it again. Um, just another standout to Sean Stevenson, and uh, 11 points on four for nine shooting. Um, so again, those two guys with with power, and then in some of the trades that we're going to talk about later, makes them uh, really uh, powerful um, team. They're I think in second place right now, four and one. Um, but 
I, I think that uh, they're well poised to uh, to take it to the number one team trilogy. Yeah, they really bring it. And Ball Hogs, of course, fall into one and four. Uh, not uh, not the most exciting team to watch at this point. Uh, but there was, um, and we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but uh, Kendall Gill dropped, I think, four points yeah. in that game. So exciting not stuff. Bad. Yeah. Not bad for a 50-year-old. Right, right. Yeah. Trilogy uh, in the house against Tri-State, right? Trilogy, the, uh, the powerhouse of the big three, 51, Tri-State 34, Another blowout, right? We saw a lot of close games last week, but this one just uh, totally uh, was a separate story. Right, Rashad McCants in there, big game, right? Uh, 27 yeah. points. I think that was the best uh, this week across the league. Um, yeah, right. It was a – that was a huge, um, huge game for – well, okay, so first of all, before I get into it, right, uh, Kenny Martin back on the court, Yeah. Um, so that's, that's huge. And then, um, just uh, again, you got McCants and uh, McCants and, um, and Al Harrington, right. Are just on a tear on this, on this league. Lost my page. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, and you know, Kenyon Martin back, uh, you know, stayed in it. They're obviously going to be undefeated. Um, this, this week going up against a much weaker tri-state team. Uh, taking it into the home stretch, uh, happy to see how they do against some more power players, happy to see them in the playoffs. Um, at this point, I'm pretty sure they got it locked in with three games left uh, in their 5-0. and I think 5-3 and will probably make playoffs. So, uh, a powerful performance. Great great job, guys. Yeah, big time, right? Tri-State 1-4. and There's still opportunity for any 1-4 and team. I mean, we got we got three games left, so... Uh, three-headed monsters, right? Fifty-one over Three's Company at thirty-two. Um, Adul Rauf again leading the three-headed monsters. Dude looks solid again. Part of the the Greybeard Club, and right. uh, wears it with pride. But just smooth out there, man. Like just really smooth. And uh, dropped nineteen points, eight rebounds, three assists. Looking really great. Yeah, we had all scores. Um, and again. That combination, Raouf, Richard Lewis, and Kwame Brown, I think are the toughest, you know, three-man team in the league right now. Uh, I know they were they were defeated once, but they have just such an advantage. And I, I'll tell you, um, noticing them play this week versus noticing how, let's say, um, Trilogy plays, you know, Trilogy's coach in Rick Mahorn has sort of mastered the isolation game. But I think what we've seen in the last couple of weeks is a more of a transition into getting points in the paint and really a good a good passing um, and ball movement game. And I think that Three-Headed Monsters is on the upswing of that movement. And so I think that that'll be another difficult but good matchup and an advantage that Three-Headed Monsters has. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, you know, again, you know, we got, we got four and one, one and four, this really distinct separation that's happening here. No Allen Iverson, of course, nowhere to be seen. Um, still no real explanation of what's going on there other than uh, I think he had mentioned he just doesn't feel like he can compete with his crew. You know, and he said it happens, but still a little disappointed to not see him. Next up was uh, 
Yeah, really. Uh, the Ghost Ballers, though, uh, over the Killer Threes, 50 to 46, a little closer game. And, um, you know, there were a few things that stood out for me in this one. One, I was just Mike Bibby, like, he just, he just seems a lot uh, bigger than he used to be. I don't know if he's been hitting the weight room or whatever. Like, I mean, in a good way, you know, just like, dude's pretty yoked out. I think Kendall Gill actually mentioned something about that when he was um, playing him. He, uh, you know, in the uh, in, in practice before the uh, before the league started, because uh, I think Kendall Gill was. I mean, he was part of the the tryouts, and they all played each other. And then the draft happened, and I think he wasn't in the original draft class, but because of uh, some injuries, I think it was Corey Maggette that opened up a spot for him. He uh, he did mention playing against Mike Bibby. He's like, I don't remember him being that strong. And uh, I don't know. Anyway, he looked he looked good though. Uh, really um, powerful on the court. But you know, for me, there's this thing like you know, Killer Threes are sitting at one and four, and I know Billups hasn't played. I don't know what happened to him since July 9th. He has not played, so I don't think we got the story. Like, why is he not playing? Well, I do have a little bit of info it's still a mystery we don't know exactly why but the announcers at the games for both weeks said that these were pre-scheduling conflicts that he had and he was not able to make it um so he missed the first game that we knew was due to the cavaliers position i think he had already intended to miss weeks four and five due to prior commitments hmm. um that that was all he offered but it isn't due to injury and it isn't due to, you know, team, uh, you know, chemistry or anything funky like that. And he's scheduled to be back last week. But, yeah, to your point, I mean, they really, Killer Threes really could have used a win this week to, to you know, even to get them closer and, and get Ghost Ballers that extra loss. I think they're in fourth place. Um, they still had a point differential to make up, but I think that, you know, they're in much better position. Um if, if Phillips plays, and like you said, well, they only lost by four points. They were actually winning 46 to 42 or 43 before um, Ghost Ballers came back and scored the last eight points. I'm telling you, I think the Killer Threes, again, the best one and four team in the league, I think, <laughs> by far. That record just doesn't reflect how well that crew is playing. And they've got a lot of uh, roster, uh, uh, you know, variance week over week. Again, Billups not being there. I mean, look, the equivalent of a planned, you know, two-game, you know, absence is like, you know, 20 games in the NBA. I'm just not going to be there for 20 games. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, the, the league started. He's a busy guy. And he's got all kinds of different interests, uh, business interests and other commitments. Nonetheless, yep. you know, you're trying to win. you got to have some consistency there. And I think that's a team, if they can keep that crew together, that will be, uh, if anyone has a shot, by making the playoffs out of the one and four crowd, I think it's them. I hope they pull it off. I mean, Stephen Jackson, dude, brings it every night. The most energy, the most uh, competitive spirit in the league. There's got to be some award for him at the end of the year. <laughs> no, I, so, um, you know, in along those lines, Chauncey Billups in two games is fifth in points per game at 18, and second in assists per game at three. So. You know this guy can, this guy can ball. We, you know, he's he's nothing but you know a plus to the team. So he comes back, you know, and they they run out, run out. Uh, you know, maybe maybe they can sneak in. 
I'd love to see it. I'd love to see those guys get in there and compete. Uh, and you were just calling on some stats. You know, we finally were able to get some uh, some stats for the season. And of course, four games is not a statistically significant set of data. I guess five games now, uh, still the same. <laughs> and so it's like, what's the cutoff? You know, if you played two games, do you, do you count that those points? I think they pretty much count every single player and every single game they've played at this point for averages. But uh, you're just starting to get a sense for what good averages are. Right? Rebounds, Reggie Evans from the Killer Threes at 11.2 rebounds per game. We were talking about what makes for a good you know, point average. I think last week or the week before, right? Rashad Lewis, 22 points per game, which feels you know, about right. I mean, you're, you're looking at an equivalent to NBA scoring of, of something in the high 20s or low 30s at that point, really, depending on how you do the math. But he's right up there. Of course, Steven Jackson, like we just talked about, bringing it every night. And uh, great power to uh, our man, Contino Mobley. Right, um, 19.4, number three in the league. You were just yeah. mentioning uh, assists, right? Chauncey Billups in there, but Bibby, again, crushing it, number one at 3.8 assists per game. Uh, Richard yeah. Lewis, right, who I think he just, he just shows up everywhere, right? So he's, he's got <laughs> points per game. He's got blocks per game. Steals. Yep. I mean, he's, he's in all of these, all of these in the top three. He's just great. Uh, yeah, but minutes is funny, right? Like, again, you, you know, Chauncey only played uh, in those couple of games, right? So he's in tops yeah. in minutes per game. Uh, there's probably some some adjustment of the data that they could stand to do here for such a small sample set. Right. You might have to have a minimum number of games played, although so far there's five. So, you know, I guess... Um, one of the ones that stands out to me um, was um, th- th- who was the one he had like one four pointer four pointers yeah. per game or something like that. He had one and he made it. Yeah. Um, that that was you know I think I think you got to have a certain number of attempts in order to get an actual percentage. But um, I'll tell you who uh, Richard Lewis obviously stands out to me. We've been talking about him since the beginning. I don't think any of his um, stats are anomalies right I, I think you got enough games in you now to know that Richard Lewis is killing this league he's getting points in the paint he's shooting from three he's uh, defending superbly um, I don't think Reggie Evans is an anomaly they got him for the purpose of getting rebounds and he's doing it so 11.2 uh, rebounds per game for the killer threes Reggie Evans has and the next closest guy is is Jerome Williams with 9.4 so Again, that's not really that close when you think about, you know, total total rebounds. It's the same, too. And, you know, uh, Reggie Evans has seven, nine more rebounds than Jerome Williams does, which is a whole game's worth of rebounds. So um, it's it, – it, that's legitimate. Um, I think Mike Bibby and Abdul Rauf are close on assists total. Um, even though Chauncey Billups has more assists per game. Um, I think Abdul Rauf is, again, a phenomenal player. The, the, so the fact that you got, you know, the top one or two assist guy, the top points leader, you know, on the same team, you, you, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a tough team. It's a tough – this is a tough league to, to crack. Um, 
and and still um you know the three-headed monsters are uh four and one team so mm-hmm. you know it's um a little bit of luck plays into it and so i'm i'm anxious to see the next three games see how see where that takes us and, and see if these stats hold up yeah there are a couple that that stand out to me on the four-point field goal percentage uh right you mentioned like Mike James with like one four pointer that he made. I don't know exactly how many Richard Lewis has taken, but he's taken more than one. Um, it's probably three. probably three total. Yeah, and he's made two of them. So we just we need some more. We need some more stats. We need some more uh, games. We need some more shots. And you know, I would have hoped that even when when bringing it, that there'd be some layer of consideration around the sample size, whether it be the percentage of games played or the absolute number played the absolute number of shots taken like you're pulling these stats together any of us can do this in an excel document i am looking for something a little bit more from these stats some additional consideration because this is not going to change we're halfway we're more than halfway through the regular season so the sample size in terms of number of games is always going to be small and if you don't have a standard for figuring out um, who, who you're going to you know, compare to who uh, and how, then what's the point? Because I'm looking at Mike James at number one again on four-point field goal percentage, and one doesn't cut it. You know, um, And you, there, there are a ton of examples of that here throughout the stats. So I'll just put that out there. We need to up the game around stats. So let me ask you a question. Are you using the, the turbo stats on big3.com? Yes. Okay, go to the totals. Mm-hmm. right next to leaders and then go over to the four point field goal percentage column and click it and it will sort and then you got four point field goals four point field goal attempts right mm-hmm. so this is kind of what i'm looking this is what i'm interested in right as a as a statistician so you got mike Bibby who took 12 four point field goals and made five of them for 417 to me that's a better i mean that's that's decent right i'll take a four pointer from him over mike james any day so even though he's a, th- a thousand percent. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, this is actually a, a, a better one. They also have a decent selection of metrics. Um, so things like usage, um, who's, who's got the highest usage, Joe Smith. Um, efficiency, offensive rebounding percentage, defensive rebounding percentage, minutes, uh, assist percentage. So uh, this is – there is now, thankfully, a, a really – dearth of information that you can get to compare these players and you know see who who you might want to add to your team let's say on a trade deadline um and who you might be able to offload um so i'm happy i think uh you know the big three website is finally producing this is far and away better than what we saw from the first three games game four i think it was under construction now i think they got a different and you can sort all this stuff too by like league by team Mm-hmm. Um, total by player, so it's uh, it's a it's a decent um, improvement, I'd say. So we're getting there, Jeff. We're yeah. getting there. Well, I think yeah, they did still some room to up their game on this. Uh, so speaking of trades, though, right? So trade deadline <clears throat> moving into the the final two weeks uh, of the season, um, our final three weeks, I guess, right? Because there's eight eight games, uh, and Correct. so. W- Trade deadline is has now passed. Is that correct? I think so. So I thought I heard them announcers talking again on the Monday night game 
they, their exact words were the trade deadline is midnight tonight. Now they're observing those games on Sunday night. And so I don't know if when they said tonight, they meant the night tonight, Sunday night, or they knew that this was going to be televised on Monday. And they said tonight on behalf of the television audience, and it was Monday night, but either way, today's Tuesday, it's gone. So the trades are over. Um, but I did see on, you know, the website um, that there was a last minute trade made. And it looked like it was going to be um, power and uh, the ball hogs, right? So these two teams played each other uh, this week. And Rasul Butler was undoubtedly the best player on the ball hogs. Um, in terms of, and you look up his stats too, he's leading that team in points, total points, points per game, I believe steals and blocks. And he got traded for Moochie Norris, who has played, I think, one or maybe two games, has a grand total of four points for power. Seems fairly lopsided. I don't, I don't get the value, right, that, um, that the ball hogs are getting for this trade at all. Potentially losing value. I don't know. So this is where it kind of comes back to. We need. I, I need a little bit more information on what happens with the salaries, the salary cap, who gets paid, what what value they contribute. Because you can just go out and trade for anybody. You know, but basically by the time week eight rolls around, we're just going to have you know two or three stacked teams with all great players, and then the other five or six are going to be you know all the reserves on the, on the whole league. Yeah. I tell you, they have to have some kind of clarity around that. I think, uh, granted this is an entertainment league, a uh, celebrity league. Uh, there's still, still very competitive. However, there's a certain amount of integrity to it. Uh, and you don't want to compromise that, you know, we really want to, there's a certain amount of integrity to it. We don't want to compromise the core team dynamic I think that that's built um, independently within each team and then across the teams throughout the season if you just trade good guys for bad guys uh, in the last three weeks of the season to I guess up the standing of individual teams like that doesn't make sense to me what kind of controls are there how did that happen there's clearly unless we're missing something um, not much benefit uh, to to taking on Moochie you know so right I don't understand. And I mean, so, I mean, if they're out of it right already, uh, if ball hogs don't believe they have a shot and they don't have a run, then, you know, how do they determine value for that? I mean, are they just really good friends with power? Uh, you know, are they good friends with Katino Mobley? Um, or or are they saying, okay, fine, we'll we'll give our best player, but, but you know, there are, there are three top tier teams can we get something better for them and then where does where do the ball hogs stand you know after they tank or whatever and they go one and seven and they don't make the playoffs do they get the first pick next that may be the motivation you know? yeah they, they right? may be in tank mode you know, trust right. the process right i i don't know maybe that's the case like that that could be it. that's where we're getting more information about the league and the league rules and just yeah. sharing that with folks so we could talk about it here and share it with listeners so that other people just understand what's going on and they understand some of the strategy it would be helpful 
the MBA is basically the, the, the thing that we have to look to as a as an anchor for information. And so we make a lot of assumptions about it. It'd be good to know right. exactly how that works. Because you want to, again, you want to maintain the integrity of the league. You don't want it to seem like something shady happened in there when if in reality it's uh, they're going into tank mode, right? And, and, and that was the inspiration for the trade, which is totally fine. It'd be nice to state what's happening there. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. So, uh, but there's, you know, look, there's, there's, it's hard to say because who's coming, right? Like if you're, if you know, there's like a good group and you already know who's not going to be playing, uh, in the NBA next year and who might be available to you. So if you think there's going to be some good prospects, maybe it's time to tank. I think they interviewed big baby Davis this weekend and he said he was, uh, interested in, in joining up, um, and trying to get on a team. So so yeah, and we talked about this before. So what's his process like? Does he get, need a letter of recommendation from some some retirees, or or does he just gotta you know pay an entry fee? Does he go through a, a development league, is there tryouts, things like that? Um, or maybe uh, you know if you go one and seven, you get to draft whoever's available, and so maybe they'll take maybe you know ball hogs will take Big Baby Davis. Yeah, sure. well, I, I do think that. Uh... You know, so there was a crew, right, that came and tried out, and and they held the draft, and they drafted folks. And I believe that if you lose a player straight up, you have an opportunity to, to pick somebody else up from that group of people that had already tried out, right? Okay. I believe that's how it works. Um, so there's this, you know, there's this host of folks, though, that I think will be trying out next year. We addressed this a few shows ago, and the I think USA, USA Today... Uh, picked up that same theme that we had talked about a few weeks ago around who, uh, who who they think is coming next, what kind of potential players are there out there. M- many of them whom we already discussed, uh, folks like uh, Vince Carter, um, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, you know, Kevin Inter- Garnett, all this whole crew. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you know, I'm not familiar with the article. Can maybe you give me a, a brief recap and our listeners uh, a summary of what what the USA Today said. Pretty much that this is the next, you know, this is the next uh, wave of potential players that uh, that they think uh, could have an impact in the big three. So it's funny, the original big three, uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, right? Those guys are all mm-hmm. in a spot where if they wanted to, they could come and join if they still want to play. Um, so this whole list is basically a list of players who are either retired or soon to be retired and have potential to really make a difference. And so, uh, again, a few shows ago, I talked a little bit about some of those players. Again, the, the Vince Carters of the world, the Dirk Nowitzki's right. of the world. Um, they took it a step further, really, and included you know, the Ray Allen. Paul. I think I talked about Paul Pierce, but um, you got Jason Terry, of course, the dream Kobe Bryant which I think is very unlikely to happen because uh, he's so busy with other ventures. But, what about uh, Tim Duncan? Yeah, Tim Duncan, I think, I think, man, he'd be a great he a addition. Huge impact. Yeah, I think, I think he was on that list uh, that we talked about. Yeah, there's just a host of folks I'd love to see play. But, you know, the, 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 they don't have to do it immediately, right? These dudes stay in shape. They can get out there and play you know, down the road, whatever, right? I think there's going to be some period where these folks just want to chill. They just want to kick back and relax, you know, after playing however many 82-game seasons plus playoffs, you know? Yeah, and if, or if they have families, you know, they probably don't want to be 
on the on the road the whole time. And this this league is probably pretty demanding on a family, I would imagine, right? I mean, every week you're in a new city, mm-hmm. um, traveling. So that that's one aspect of it too. I also think that these guys they wanted to could get a game, get a fastball game if they're you know inching to play, you know, probably have six guys on speed dial and play a game just like this three on three format, you know, at their house or whatever. Um, but, but there's nothing like competition. You got some reps yeah, in there. You know, and, you know. I, I agree. And, you know, you, you go through that for a few weeks and you play your buddies and destroy them. And you're like, you know, I can, I can probably play on this three on three league, right? <laughs> That's they're pretty competitive. And, you know, it's, it's one, one day a week, you know, less than one I play now, you know, and, and I bet they get the itch. And that's, that's uh, one of the things I think the league is good for, right? It's a, it, it just, it keeps the retirees fresh and, and basketball ready and basketball savvy, you know, and also, you know, keeps the, the players who maybe aren't playing, gives them something to shoot for. Like, not that they couldn't, not that they're, you know, washed up, but just that they're like, oh, hey, you know, maybe I'll go work out this week and, I'll work on my shot a little bit more and maybe I'll try out for the big three next, next season. And, you know, it, it, it's going to keep the league fresh too, because you can have this entire influx of talent, right. Um, almost every year. I mean, there's, there's great retirees every year, right. Um, just like there's great graduates from college basketball or, or freshmen from basketball now. So one of the guys that, uh, one of the, one of the guys that I think has been, uh, sitting out there uh, for a long time, staying in shape, doing his thing, and, and jumped at this opportunity was Kendall Gill. We mentioned him earlier, right? And dude is uh, 49 years old, right? And playing yep. with power, right? The, the, the Playing with power, the team, uh, but also just <laughs> with power and that he's bringing it, right? Joined, joined them, uh, I think, last week in Philly, but got some PT in Chi-Town this week. Uh, you know, four points, didn't have a, a ton of time out there. But, right. look, he looks like he's in his freaking 20s. Like, I don't know. This dude looks, like, in phenomenal shape just across the board. Uh, he, he didn't get a lot of playing time, and, but, you know, looked good. Uh, just looks young. Just looks great. He said, uh, I think the Daily Herald mentioned that uh, he, he, you know, quote, doesn't uh, box competitively these days, but said his frequent sparring sessions put him in good enough shape that half court basketball isn't too difficult, unquote. You know, like right. <laughs> box boxing will keep you in shape, right? Now it's not running the full court, but half court. Yeah, sure. Why not? And he looks good. And I don't know. I just, that gives me a hope that we'll see some other folks that maybe are on that list. We just talked about, uh, start to, to pop up and, and think about playing again, again. Yeah. MJ is 54. I don't know. I don't know if he, He'd make it. Um, well, you know, he's he's got the competitive spirit for it. Um, you know, he's he's one who kind of has to win at all costs. So I think if he did, he would probably move to a team like in the top three already or, or at least surround himself with, you know, I mean, him. well, him and Scottie Pippen and you. Steve Kerr. Right, throw those guys out there. <laughs> that'd be a great, uh, that'd be a great mix-up. I know Kerr's got kind of a a, a day job. He's got a, well, oh, he's also got a little, you know, his, a little tweak in his back. But um, <laughs> yeah, Steve. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't think too, of that. You're right. <laughs> that's too bad. But Barkley, Barkley, right? You know, he could, um, he could, 
<laughs> you could get right. out there and, uh, you know, but there's a lot of guys I think that would uh, legitimately want to get themselves in basketball shape and, and get out there and compete. Um, everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, Kobe Bryant's the dream, man. Michael Jordan's the dream. <laughs> That's the dream. Always. Right. Come on. Oh That's yeah. The dream. Watching him play again, that'd be, that'd be just amazing. Yeah. That'd be absolutely. so much fun. Dude. I don't know. I don't know again how much he plays or doesn't play or whatever, but yeah, I, I would, I would, I would not bet against him in this league period. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, so, True, uh, man. yeah, that's a story, good week, again, lots of interesting storylines coming out here, uh, heading out to, where's it next week, are they in uh, Dallas, is that what they are? Um, um, yeah, I think it is, American Airlines Center in Dallas, so, week six, yes. yeah, so, um, yeah, no, I think that's the story here, so, um, as always, thanks uh, Ace Hitman for, for joining the fray. Uh, thanks to my pleasure yeah thanks for having me always always thanks to ice cube and the league for coming together and bringing this high quality competition and entertainment to us um you can find the big three fan podcast on itunes stitcher and TuneIn. follow us at the big three fan podcast on facebook and at big three fan podcast on twitter uh, shoot our ideas our way at big three fan podcast at gmail.com Uh, The next show will be available a week from today, and we'll cover all the latest and greatest from the Big 3 games and news. So do good things, and we'll catch up soon. Peace.